Welcome to the Edge Church. We are so, so thankful that you've joined us on what we believe is the most important Sunday that you could ever come to church because Jesus is risen. The early, the early Christians, they would greet each other. They would say, uh, he is risen. And, and the person in response would say, he is risen indeed. And what that means for us is that we have access to resurrection life. There's so much more for us than, 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 than our lives uh, that, that we experience every single day. So God has healing for you. He has goodness for you. He wants to bring dead things back to life. So guys, let's just worship. Let's worship today and just give thanks that the God who defeated our ultimate enemy is the same God who is here with us today. Can we experience him together today, church? All right, let's do it. restless to his bones, threading tendrils of emptiness to kiss extinction through his flesh, blood dropped like pinpricks, and sweat dripped to the stones of Gethsemane, and there in the garden venom slipped from death's jaws, there death stretched out its claws and heaven was torn. It was death that stood over him, whistling the sting of the whip cracks, its tongue the serpent flicker on his back, its bite the thorns drawing bloodied crown, and its heft in the timber he lifted through Calvary's climb. It was death beating in his every step, in his chest like last breaths. As death pinned him to Golgotha's peak, the world slipped away beneath. Trees shrunk back to the soil, collapsing to empty seeds. The sun spilled in dark streams down the mountains. Eyes closed to no sleep, cities slowed their dancing, firesides filled with eclipse. The stars fell, love died. Heaven now ash at his feet, and all that was left was death's cold lips, piercing his form, piercing the earth to disorder. From its bursting heart, he arose, breaking the surface of hell's black waters. Storms surge in his eyes, head drenched in sighs of the released. Dew glistened on his skin like broken chains, standing, panting on the shattered grave. Death 
hanging slumped in one hand, the other aflame in the dazzle of a risen world. His wounds spilled the blood of dawns, and his every word was a winged messenger, a blast of trumpets tearing up the skies. I have stood face to face with death. I have wrestled it through the cavernous depths. I have rewritten every word it has spoken. I have made it submit. I am the resurrection. I am the breath. Come breathe of me and live. Happy Sunday, church. How you feel? Everybody doing okay? Yeah? Happy Easter? Anybody excited at all about Easter today? A little bit? Okay, all right. There's a few of you. I, I, I love Easter. It's actually, I mean, today really for me might be my favorite Sunday of any Sunday of, of the whole year. And, um, and, and I love it waking up with my kids in the morning, but that's not why. Um, the painted eggs, the peeps. Does anybody actually like peeps? Anybody? Okay. I just want to see who we have to pray for after the service. That's... Just kidding, but, um, you, you know, I love today for a lot of reasons. I, I love going to my mom's. I love, I love eating um, what my mom's going to cook later today. It's awesome. But, but today, what makes this day so absolutely uh, amazing and incredible is that, that we as the church, we get to join with the church. You know what I'm saying? Like the church around the world with the people of God all over the world uh, who are celebrating today, who are celebrating this day, the resurrection right? Jesus' resurrection from, from life or from death into life and, and, and to worship him. And, and there's people gathered right now and there's people who have gathered earlier. There's people who are gathering later today just to worship the risen King Jesus. And we get to be a part of that. And so, uh, spoiler alert for everybody this morning, I'm going to talk about Jesus, okay? Um, and, and here's really my prayer for all of you is that... Uh, that God would minister to you in such a way today that, that God would give you a, a revelation of who he is, whether that's for the first time or, or, or whether that's a, a fresh revelation of him, a, a revelation to see him bigger than you've seen him before, to know him greater than you've known him before. How many of you know sometimes that when you look at a story or you read a story, you talk about a story that you've heard a lot, sometimes it, it sort of loses its essence. Anybody ever notice that? And I think that happens in Easter sometimes. And, and so my prayer for us is that, that God would just minister to us, he'd speak to us in such a way that we can grab hold of something new for us this morning. Amen? Now, now where's all my kids at, at the room? Kids, wave your hands at me. Kids, kid, all the kids in the room, stand up for a minute. Stand up, Kids. So, um, so I, I know that some of our kids here this morning were planning, uh, and we were planning for them to come and sing with us this morning. Um, one of the challenges of being a mobile church is that sometimes we find out last minute of some changes, um, and this whole thing in front of me is one of those. Um, and, and in order to keep our kids safe, we weren't able to do that this morning. But all, all the kids in the room, I want you to hear me, okay? We love you. We're glad you're here. Uh, you are an important part of our church, and you matter to, to the Lord and to us, um, and, and we're super excited. So we wanted to get you a little something just to say, hey, happy Easter. We love you. So all my kids in the room, if you guys would come on down, we just have a, a little Easter bag we want to give to you. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, kids. All right. We good? All right. Okay. Uh, if you have your Bible this morning, um, you can open it up to uh, Mark chapter 16. Uh, that's where uh, we will find our story for today. And real quick question, how many of you um, know uh, who was the first group of people to witness the resurrection of Jesus? Anybody? The, the, the ladies were. And so, um, yeah. Praise God for, for awesome women, yeah? Um, so uh, in, in honor of that, I'm going to have one of my favorite females uh, in the whole world, my daughter Olivia. She's going to come and she's going to read our uh, scripture uh, for us this morning. You guys welcome, welcome Livy. Yeah, come on Liv. Let me hold it. Okay, all right. Hmm? Yeah. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large and had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where he's, they had laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Amen. Thanks, Liv. If you could, would you stand with me? I'm going to pray for us. Would you guys stand? We're going to... Thank you, Liv. She was a little nervous about reading. She did great, yeah? See? So, so, so we're, we're going to pray, and, and as I always do when I pray before, before we share, uh, I'm going to invite you also to pray, okay? Uh, I, I want to remind everybody in this room that, that God doesn't listen to anyone else more than someone else, okay? So, so when I pray, it's not like, oh, good, Steve's going to pray. Uh, I'm going to hear that. Like, God wants to hear from you. And so I'm just going to invite the Lord to speak to us this morning, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite the Lord to speak to you, okay? Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Jesus, we gather in your name today and we celebrate you. God, it's all about you today. Oh Lord, we want to make much of you today. God, I, I'm just praying, Father, that, that you would give us eyes to see you today for every single person in this room. God, I thank you that everyone that is here today is not here by mistake. They're not here on accident. God, that you saw this day long before any of us got here. Lord, you knew we'd be together. Oh God, you brought us to this place because you have something to speak to us. And God, I'm asking you this morning, Lord, that, that you would open up every set of ears in this room to hear from you. God, that every heart in this room would be open to receive of you. God, would you speak, Lord? God, and may we listen for your voice. Would you just invite the Lord right now just to speak to you? Just tell him, God, I want to hear from you this morning. Just ask him, Lord, would you speak to my heart today? God, thanks for being present. God, thank you for your word that is living and active. God, thank you for your word that never returns to you empty, but always fulfills, God, its purpose. God, we ask this morning, oh Lord, that 
you would speak, that we would listen, and God, that we would be changed by you. So Lord, come and have your way in our time together now. And Lord, thank you, thank you, God, for this moment that we get to share together now with you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Quite possibly the the most important and life-altering words uh, ever spoken in human history are these three words, he has risen. Okay, these are the words that we hear the angel of the Lord speak to the woman who had, had come to Jesus' tomb after his crucifixion, only to find that, that this stone that had covered the entrance of this tomb, they, they say this stone was probably two to 3,000 pounds that, that guarded the tomb of Jesus. This stone rolled away, and an angel of the Lord sitting inside that tomb who looks at these women and says, Listen, don't be afraid. Okay, because how many of you know that if you walked in the tomb and the guy you went to see wasn't there but an angel was, you'd be a little freaked out. Yeah? So, so they come in, there's an angel there. He's not supposed to be there. He's like, hey, don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, he says, who was crucified, but he's risen and is not here. See the place where they laid him. The angel's like, I know you want to, you find Jesus. I know you came here for, for Jesus, but, but, but he's not here. And, and let me just point out to you that, that um, without exception, with, with the exception of Jesus, really, uh, uh, everyone else who has ever lived, all the greats, all the kings and, and leaders and emperors, and uh, from the famous to the infamous to the, to the unknown, including every single other religious leader, all of them have a burial place. Every single one of them died and is buried somewhere, all except for Jesus. Because he's risen. And he's not here. The invitation of the angel then to the women is to come and see the place where they lay him. And really this is the invitation of God to all of us. This is the reason that the stone from the tomb is rolled away. We have to know this morning that the stone in front of Jesus' tomb wasn't rolled away so he could get out. Okay, like, like later we're going to read about that Jesus walks through the walls of a house to meet with his disciples. So, so the stone in the story isn't rolled away so that Jesus can get out, but so that we can look in. Okay, that, that the invitation is for us to say, come and see, come and see, come and look and see what God has done. Okay, come and, and see that this Jesus did not simply die on a cross, but that he rose again to life in victory over sin and death and hell, not for his own sake, but for ours. The resurrection happened for us. And really, all the claims of Jesus, all the claims about Christianity hang upon this one event being true. The centerpiece of our faith, it's not a, it's not a place and it isn't a practice. It is a person, right, who rose from, from death to life, removing the rock from his own tomb and walking out into victory and eternity as Lord God, Savior, and King. And that's Jesus And Christianity does not exist apart from the resurrection. 
The Apostle Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 15, 17 to 19. He says, and if Christ has not been raised, listen to this, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. In other words, he says, listen, if Jesus just died on the cross, our faith is useless and it's really kind of a joke. Okay, you're still bound in your sin, you're still dead spiritually and separated from God and death is just the end for everybody and everyone else should feel sorry for you if you believe that. Everyone else should feel sorry that you would believe in such a thing. Because, but, but, but then again, if the resurrection is true, then it's something different. The resurrection is the dividing line for every single person on the planet. Because if Jesus' story ends with a cross and not a resurrection, then Jesus is just like every other religious leader before him or after. He's just another guy who said some good things who did some good works, but in the end was just a man. But, but if the resurrection happened, then Jesus is God. And, and, and every single person on the planet has to do something with this claim of Jesus' resurrection. Now, now, now we know what the scriptures say, yeah? We, we, we just read about it, but outside of scripture, there are, there are really four uh, dominant theories um, about the resurrection, some that, that, that even uh, scholars have come up with as an alternative uh, to the story and as a way of, of not believing in the resurrection. I want to share those quickly with you. Some of these are, are actually kind of funny, but uh, the first one, uh, dominant theory that's out there, is that, that what happened was the women showed up to the wrong tomb. Um, look it up. I'm not making it up. <clears throat> Uh, the idea is that somehow these ladies, they were so distraught, they were so filled uh, with grief that, that all of them then went to the wrong tomb together and then they went back to the disciples and somehow all of them also went to the wrong tomb together. Yeah? Like, thank God for GPS today. Amen? Yeah? Like, ser- seriously, gr- grief does things to people though. We, we know that, right? And, and people do get lost. Anybody ever get lost? Yeah, all of us at least have that friend, right? They, they can't get anywhere, okay? So, so people do get lost, but usually not everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's one thing if you got lost. It's another thing when like, like 15 people all different times get lost going to the place where someone is, okay? Um, the other thing that would be strange about that is then you would sort of think that um, once Christianity kind of took off and, and Christianity was spreading, the, the, the leaders of that day would be like, uh, yeah, um, no, you guys keep going to Yaakov's tomb. Um, Jesus is over here, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's still in there. We'll show him to you, okay? But that, that doesn't happen, okay? That, that, that's the first theory. The, the second theory is that they were so filled with grief, his disciples, that they just hallucinated it, that, that, that somewhere in their minds, they, they just sort of made that 
all up. And, and, and I could say I've been around traumatic loss before and, and, and grief is challenging and maybe they didn't sleep enough and maybe they drank a little too much wine and, and all of those things are possible. But the, the, the problem is that Jesus in his resurrection and in his resurrected state doesn't just appear to this group of people, but Jesus then appears to hundreds of other people that, that he eats with and drinks with and talks with and, and walks with. So could it be possible that all of these hundreds of people hallucinated the resurrection of Jesus? The third theory is something that's called the swoon theory. And it, and it really says that, um, that after Jesus was, was beaten and crucified, the Romans just thought he was dead. And, and so they took his body and then, they, and then they buried him, but he was still alive actually. Um, and so somehow Jesus came to himself and he crawled out, out of that tomb and um, and that would be pretty amazing and impressive. Um, yeah, but, but, but even a lot of like secular historians, they go, well, that seems a little bit far-fetched. One of these guys, David, uh, David Frederick Strauss, he says, like, look, it's impossible that a being who had stolen half dead out of the tomb, who crept about weak and ill wanting medical treatment, who required bandaging, strengthening, and indulgence, who still at last yielded to his sufferings, could have given to his disciples the impression that he was a conqueror over death and the grave, and the prince of life. He's like, look, the, it, there's pretty much no way he could have endured that and then somehow got himself out of his situation. Like, like he came to, said, man, I got to get out of here. Got out, pushed the stone away, two to 3,000 pounds, crawled out, all beaten up, bloodied, right? Finally, he comes to his disciples. He's like, look, I conquered death, right? And they're like, mm, but did you, you know? And there's nothing really for them to gain by making such a claim then. Here, here, here's, the, here's the last one, and this one's kind of popular. It says that, that um, the disciples just stole his body. Um, they, they stole it, and then they made up the resurrection so that they could further his teaching and convince people that he was God. I mean, sure. Why not, right? I mean, people do crazy stuff all the time. But, but, but the challenge here is how do you explain uh, these cowardly disciples who just a few days earlier all run and hide in fear? They are so scared of what might happen to them because of their association to Jesus. One of them even publicly renounces him in front of Like, I don't even know that man. How do they go from that, that group of guys to sort of like this specialized SEAL Team 6, right? Who they, they like creep into this place where the tomb is guarded like ninjas, right? They like sprinkle some fairy dust on a bunch of soldiers who are trained and paid to stay awake, knock them all out. Then they roll away a 3,000 pound stone. No one wakes up. Nobody notices. And, and then they grab Jesus' body and get out of there knowing that even doing that brings with it a penalty of death. How did these guys do that? And what's even more crazy is that then they would go and they would tell this crazy story. Giving up their own lives to torture and death in response. Not one of them breaks. The apostle Peter is, is crucified upside down for his claims. Doesn't break. The apostle John tells us that was, he was boiled alive. He doesn't break. Okay, what is it about uh, these guys? Some of them have wives and, and families, and they give all of it up, okay, in response to the resurrection of Jesus. There was no gain for them. There was death for them. 
which seems kind of like a lot to make up a story. Since that one didn't take off quite as much, um, or at least had some kickback, another one that kind of went along with it was like, well, it wasn't the disciples, it was, it was the religious leaders. They stole the body because they were afraid of Jesus' disciples stealing it from them. Um, and again, pretty strange because at some point Christianity is going off the chain and it's spreading all through their cities and people are coming to faith in Jesus. And you think if they had stolen the body so no one got it, they'd just be like, kidding, he's right here, Okay. They're making all of it up. It never actually happened. Why, why arrest the disciples if they had Jesus? Why throw them to the lions? Why have them killed? And the reason is because the words of the angel in the story of God are true. And they're reliable. Along with every other word in God's story in his book. All the prophecies, all the testimony throughout the ages. All of it is true that, that he is risen. Uh, he has risen and is not here. He has risen. He has returned from the dead. That's the good news that the angel brings to the women at the tomb. And it's the same good news that God declares to us today. So what do we do with it? What, what do we do with this story? How, where do we go from here? What does it mean for us? Okay, I want to share with you four things this morning. Uh, just four, four things about what the resurrection of Jesus, the victorious resurrection of Christ, what that means for your life today. Okay, here's the first one. You can write this down. Jesus' victorious resurrection means that you can trust him. Three different times before going to the cross, Jesus says that he is going to be crucified. He is going to be put to death, but that he would rise again. And guess what? He did. Uh, um, here in, in verse 7 of Mark's gospel, we read the angel who says to the women, he, he says, listen, go and tell the disciples to, to go to Galilee. Okay, um, uh, Jesus is going to meet them there. And, and the reason why the angel says this is because earlier Jesus tells his disciples the exact same thing. In Mark 14, 28, he says, but after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And guess what? He did. Okay, you can trust Jesus because his words are true. In Matthew's gospel, an account of the resurrection, he, he, the angel declares, he says, Jesus has risen, he's risen is, and is not here. He has risen just as he said he would. Jesus promised that he would rise from death to life, and he did. He promised that he would meet his disciples in Galilee, and he did. Everything that Jesus ever said came to pass, which is to say that you can trust him. The scriptures say in Proverbs 30, verse 5, that every word of God is flawless. It, it, Jesus says in Mark 13, 31, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. In other words, you can count on what I say. You can bank on it. You can believe in it. You can trust in my words to you, my promises to you, because they will come to pass, all of them, no matter what. So when Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me, you can trust that. And, and when Jesus says that God so loved the world that he sent his Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life, you can trust in that. When he says that uh, his word, in his word that he is able to keep those who draw near to God through him, that he is able to keep you from falling, that he's able to strengthen those who are tempted, that he's able to subdue all things unto himself, that he's able to keep all that I and you have committed to him for the day, and that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine, you can believe that. Because it's true. 
You can trust in the words of God to you. And when he says that he will be with you, and when he says that he'll never abandon you, and he says that your sins are forgiven, and that you are, he'll restore you to God, that he'll restore purpose and meaning to your life, that he will give you his peace and his joy and his hope and his power of a new life, you can believe it because Jesus always keeps his promise. He always makes good on his word. Let me ask you, do you, do you trust Jesus this morning? Are you trusting him? If not, then the invitation of God for you today is right now, wherever you are, he invites you to trust him, to trust who he is, to trust what he has done, to trust what he says and what he has for your life. You can trust him. Here's the second thing. Uh, Jesus' victorious resurrection means that there is hope for you in him. When Jesus' followers watched him die, hope died with him. This was the one that they had staked their whole life on. They gave up everything to follow him. They believed in him. They trusted his words to him. They saw his miracles. That They witnessed his love and his grace and his mercy and his compassion and his power. And they were confident. This is the one. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior, the promised one of God. This is our deliverer. This is our redeemer. And then they watched him crucified on a cross like a criminal and buried. And just like that, he was gone. And hope was gone with him. Hope was buried in the tomb of Jesus. But the, the moment then that that stone was rolled away and Jesus came out of the grave, hope came out with him. Hope was restored. Hope was resurrected with Jesus. It's been said that, that, that a person can, can live for 40 days without food and, and eight days without water and four minutes without air, but they can only live a matter of seconds without hope. Hope is inessential for our lives because without it, we don't have anything that we can look forward to. There, there isn't any real joy to be had if there isn't hope. We, we need hope and, and our world needs hope. And, and every day that we turn on the news and every, every day that, that we look around at all that's happening, it's so, or, or maybe you just find yourself in a really difficult season of life. Maybe you find yourself in that season right now, today. It, it's so easy in those times just for despair and for hopelessness to take over. But, but then there's Jesus. And because of his resurrection and his victory over death, there is hope for us. There's a hope that says to us, listen, this is not all there is. This is not the end. This pain, this suffering, your hurt, your, your abandonment, your, your rejection, your abuse, even death itself does not get to have the final say in your life. This is not the end for you. Noel was reading this earlier. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5 says this. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. God in his mercy has given to us hope through the resurrection of Jesus. He's given to us an internal 
eternal inheritance with him, and it's kept for us by the power of God. Hebrews 6.19 says to us that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. This is a hope that holds us. This is a hope that grounds us. It tethers us when the storms of, of life are just raging all around us and when it just seems that the waves of life just seem to be crashing over us again and again and again. We have this hope as an anchor. It keeps us from giving in. It keeps us from giving up. It keeps us from, from drifting into destruction destructive hopelessness because it shouts to our soul that there is more yet to come. And not just hope for this life either, but a hope beyond it. We're meant to be like, I heard this story of a little kid once, uh, this kid in baseball who, um, I don't know if you've ever been to kids' baseball, uh, but a lot of times people can run up the score. Um, uh, but this kid and his team is getting absolutely slaughtered, um, comes off the field at the top of the first inning, and, uh, and somebody's like, man, I'm really sorry. I, it's like 20 to zero. Man, I'm really sorry. You must be pretty discouraged right now. And the kid's like, why am I discouraged? We haven't even got to bat yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that, that's the kind of hope that, that Scripture's talking about. This hope is like, whoa, wait a minute. This isn't, how, this isn't over. This isn't the end. Okay, this isn't the conclusion. There's more. God's at work. God is good. Like, like this does not get to have the last say for me. Whatever you're going through today, whatever you're enduring, whatever's coming against you, it's not the end. It, it doesn't get to have the final say for your life. There's hope for you. There's hope for today. There is hope for tomorrow. And there is hope for life beyond this one. In Jesus. Here's the third thing. Uh, Jesus' victorious resurrection means there is life for you and him. There is life. Romans 6, 4 says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. In, in other words, just as Jesus was raised, so we also rise into new life in him. Jesus lives so that you and I too can truly live. Now, now this life isn't just talking about some life one day in the future after you die. Okay, this isn't just sort of like eternal life. Oh, one day I die and then I'm going to really live. No, no, this is a life for you now. This is new life in God, okay? This is a, a whole life. This is a, a full life, okay? This is the life that you were meant to live in God, okay, by receiving his finished work for you and for your sin upon the cross and by putting your trust in him. A apart from that, the scripture says you are dead spiritually. It says that you are dead in your sin and the only way that you can go from death to life is Jesus. Our, our greatest need is not simply to look at or to hear about the resurrection. It is to have a resurrection happen to us. The message of Easter is really that a resurrection can happen for you, okay, right now. That you also, wherever you are, that you can be raised up into new life in Christ, into the life that God has for you. Okay, Jesus' resurrection means there's, there's new life for you. There's a new life for you to walk in. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. There's new life in Christ, okay? Uh, 
when we think about the story of Jesus, one of the things that I love about that Mark story um, is that the angel, if you remember in that verse 7, the angel specifically tells the women to go tell Peter. Like, like he already says, go tell the disciples, but then he says, and Peter. Like, like, like Peter's not one of them or something, right? Um, go tell the 12, and, and make sure you tell Peter. Why does he want, why is the angel so bent on them telling Peter about this? Here's why, because Peter had just failed big time. P- Peter had just denied Jesus in the time that he needed him the most. In the time when, when, when was really the time to rise up and say, nope, I'm with him. Peter was like, I don't know that guy. But the resurrection of Jesus conquers sin and death and failure. And, and it shows that Jesus, it shows us that God is greater than our past and that God redeems our past. It shows us that, that in Christ we are given a new start, a new beginning, that our past doesn't get to limit us or hold us back from the things of God. That no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter what's been done or said against you, okay, Jesus, will, when you receive him, you, you get, and when you come to him, all your sin, past, present, future, all your sins, all your failures, all of them are, are taken away. All of them are put to death in Christ and in him there is new life. And instead of being then rejected instead of being shamed instead of God looking at you and saying no 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 not you I know you did this not you I know you uh this happened to you no no not you I know all this stuff about you instead what the Bible says to us in Romans 8 it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death so instead of now God looking at you and being like not that one he says no no give me that one I love that one I love them and there's no condemnation for you anymore. All of that is gone. There's no more shame. There's no hopelessness. There's no purposelessness. There's no bondage. You are free in Christ. You're not a slave to sin anymore. Not to your past. Not to your hurts. Not to your wounds. Not to bitterness or anger or fear or lust or anything that has ever plagued your life. In Christ there is new life and free life available to you. There's no condemnation for you. In Christ. And, and instead God looks at you and he says, no, 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 that one's mine. That, that's my son. That, that's my daughter. He says that you're his friend. He, he says that you're accepted. He, he says that you are righteous and you are holy. He, he says that you are forgiven and you are redeemed. That you are his masterpiece. And he says that, guess what? You're loved and, and you're going to be loved forever. Okay, that, that, that all things are yours, Scripture says, the past, the present, the future, life, death, the world, all of it. That, that you have every spiritual blessing in Christ, all the promises of God, the fruit of his spirit, his presence, his power working in and through you, and in her, an in, uh, eternal inheritance that's kept for you. All of it is yours in Christ. And all of it, right, in everything and through everything, God says, I will love you. And I will never let you go. Nothing, he says, will separate you. Get that, okay? Nothing will separate you from his love. Here's the fourth one, last one. Jesus' victorious resurrection commissions you to go and tell. Jesus' victorious resurrection, it commissions you 
to go and to tell. Go back again to Mark 16, verse 7. Uh, and, and notice that, that the next thing that the angel says after telling these women um, that, hey, he's risen, is not here, look where he is. He says, go, now go and tell. Okay, now, now, now go and tell, right? Immediately after they learn of Jesus' resurrection from death to life, they're given a mission. Immediately, look, here, here's Jesus. Now go tell about it. Go tell some people. Go share this good news. And, and the reality is, is that all of us today have been given that same commission by God to go and to tell everyone and anyone about the risen Jesus and the life that he offers to all who would turn from sin and put their trust in him. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says it like this. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We as, as Christians, as the, as the children of God, are representatives for Jesus here on the earth. God is calling out to those who don't yet know him through you. Okay, Jesus' mission, Jesus had a mission when he was on the earth. Jesus' mission on the earth ended at the cross. And his, in his resurrection, your mission and mine began. Okay, the, the resurrection was the start of our mission. And, and the mission for us is to go and tell. Now, now, now look, at, look again here in verse 8. It, it says, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. And they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Now we know that uh, from the rest of the story that their silence was, was temporary. We know that they did go and tell. We know that they did tell the disciples and we know they told. The fact that me and you are here right now is the evidence that they told somebody. You know what I mean? So, so, so they did. But, but, but initially they were quiet because they were afraid. See that? Fear was trying to hold them back from what they knew to be true about Jesus. Now, in Mark's original manuscript, when it was first put out, this is where Mark's story ends, right here. So the Gospel of Mark, it ends with that statement right there, which, I don't know, sort of seems a little bit off to me. It's kind of like, man, Mark, could you put a nice bow on this story? I mean, this great thing happened and then they ran off and they were afraid and that's, that's it, right? But, but what Mark is, is doing here, uh, really, is, is he's using this, this subtle literary tool um, for the reader to, and the invitation is for the reader to really finish the story for themselves. He, he's pushing the reader to a response for themselves about Jesus. When, when the church would have gathered, this entire gospel of Mark would have been read in one sitting. And so, so Mark's saying, listen, now that you know about this Jesus, now that you know his teaching, now that you've heard the parables, okay, now that you've witnessed the miracles, you know how he calmed the storm with a word, you know how he walked on water, how he fed the 5,000 with just a few loaves and some fish, right? right? How he touched and, and healed lip, lepers, how he healed the sick and healed the blind, and, and how he even raised the dead, and how he himself gave up his own life on a cross for sin, was crucified and buried, and was now, is now raised back from death unto life and victory over sin and death and hell, proving that he is the Messiah, proving that he is the Savior, the promised one of God. What will you now do with Jesus. And the choice for the reader would be the same choice for us to make, and that's will you choose faithfulness or fear? 
will, will you be bold or, or will you simply be a bystander? Will, will, will you take courage or will you just take cover? And, and as we see the women running off in silence, we're meant to ask ourselves what we will do. If, if we will be silent too or if we will go and, and tell. Jesus, we have to know, didn't simply come and, and die on a cross so that you could have eternal life. I mean, that's part of it. But, but what we have to receive is that Jesus came and gave up his life on a cross and was raised back to life so that through your life, others could receive that life too. And, and if you're here today, Okay, and you, and you haven't yet received him, if you haven't yet received that work, that life of God, if you haven't just given Jesus your sin and received his life, then that's God's invitation to you. That, that's why you're here. You, you, know, you might not even know that. You're, you're, you're not even sure why you showed up. Somebody dragged you to church today. You're like, all right, I guess it's Easter. I'll show up. But, but, but if you haven't done that, that's why God has brought you here today, that you would know him, that you would know his love, that you would know the life and receive the life that he has for you. And, and if you, you're here this morning and you've received that life, that, that, then the commission of Jesus for you and for me today is to go and tell about it. It is to not be silent. It is to not hold it in. It's to not be selfish with the good news, okay? But with every breath and every thought, with your words and your actions, with everything that you are and everything that you do and every place that you go, work, school, in your neighborhood, when you're with family, friends, and all of it, that, that you tell of this good news of the, our victorious risen Savior and of the life, the grace, the truth of him. That's available to anyone who would receive him. That, that's our mission, church. You, you have a commission this morning not to just receive the story, but to tell it. Not, not just to know it, but to give it. And, and that's the invitation for the church today. Man, I love gathering and celebrating, amen? It, it's good to be together and just celebrate Jesus. But, but, but what would be better than us just celebrating Jesus is sharing him with people who can come celebrate him too. I'm going to have Noel and the team come back up as I close this this morning. The resurrection happened, okay? The, the resurrection happened. The tomb is empty. What the angel spoke is true this morning, okay? Jesus has risen. He, he's no longer in a tomb, but he is reigning forever as king of heaven and earth. Uh, for, forever and ever, okay? And, and here's the thing that, that for us, we will completely have missed Easter if at the end of Easter we just simply say that Christ has risen, but we cannot also say, I have risen in him too. We'll have missed it if we just say, well, Jesus has risen, but not me. Okay, like the point of the resurrection was for your sake that you could come to life in God, that you could experience the life of God for you out of sin, out of death, and into an eternal life that was won for you upon the cross and in the resurrection of Christ. The victorious resurrection of Jesus says to you and to me today, you can trust him. You, you can trust Jesus, he's faithful. It says that, that there's hope, 
There's hope for you. There's hope for whatever you're going through. There's hope for today. There's hope for tomorrow. And there's a hope beyond this life. It, it says that, that there's new life for you if you'll receive it. If you'll receive the life that God has for you, there is life for you in him. And there is for us a commission. It really is the commission, okay? For all the things that we as a church can get caught up doing, the one thing that matters above all the other things is this one, to go and to tell the good news of Jesus. If you guys would stand with me, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to wrap up our morning together just celebrating Jesus and his resurrection. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. Jesus, thank you for the life that you gave. Lord, you gave it for us. You gave it willingly. You gave it out of obedience. God, you, Jesus, you submitted yourself for our sake. And, and so this morning, God, we just celebrate you and we praise you and we thank you. Father, I just pray for every single person here in this room. God, that we would know you, that we would know your truth, that we would know your grace, and that we would know your love for us. God, I pray for every person this morning who's going through a hard time, a hard season. God, we're, 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 if we're honest this morning, Lord, we would say that it's hard for us to trust you. It's hard for us, God, to, to be hopeful. If that's you this morning, can you just, just recognize, just, just tell the Lord, Lord, that's hard for me today. It's hard for me today, Lord, to trust you. It's hard for me to have hope today. God, I just pray that by your spirit, Lord, that you would minister, God, to every heart that's hurting this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would breathe hope into hearts and lives today. God, that you would encourage us by your word and by your spirit. God, that you would remind us of who you are all through this day and in the days to come. God, that you would give to us a revelation to see you as you are, to see you bigger, to see you greater, to know you deeper and more truly, God. And Lord, for those of us who are here this morning, God, who've not yet received you, God, I just pray, uh, Lord, that that you would minister to those hearts. God, that you would give people eyes this morning to really see you. God, to know your goodness and your grace, Lord, that we, that you took all our sin on the cross. And Lord, and you offer to us your life. And God, that, that we can trust in you, that we can put our hope and our trust in you. And Lord, there is life for us in you. And God, for us, your church, Lord, I pray for a boldness upon us. God, I ask for a courage, Lord, in our hearts and our spirits. God, that we would courageously go out and share your story. God, that people would come to know you through our witness. God, help us to not be afraid. And God, if we are, help us to rise up in your strength and in your courage. Lord, to fulfill your mission for us. God, you are good. Lord, you're good all the time. Lord, you're worthy of all of our praise. 
And so, Lord, we celebrate you this morning. Jesus, we celebrate you today. And God, I pray that that even as we go from this place, uh, Father, that you would just continue to minister the truth of who you are in our hearts. God, be lifted up in us. We bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, we are... We are resurrected people because Jesus rose from the grave. And resurrected people should do resurrected things, right? We have opportunities in our community all the time to connect with people in our community to show that that Jesus is real, he's alive in our lives. And we've got a couple ways that we're going to be doing that over the next few weeks. Uh, One, next weekend. Our community is joining with Rebuilding Together Aurora to bring some hope to some families in Aurora. So if you want to sign up and be a part of that, go to edgeaurora.com and and we can be a part of Rebuilding Together. Uh, The second thing is, one thing we really believe in in this church is is caring for children. And we have an adoption fund and it needs to be funded, right? Adoption's God's idea. He adopted us, so we adopt, we adopt children. So if adoption is on your heart and you have a whole lot of extra things in your house that you'd like to get rid of because spring, right? Spring cleaning, don't just give those things away. We, we, can, uh, we can collect those items that you have that you would normally do for a garage sale and, and all the proceeds will go to our adoption fund here at the Edge Church. Pretty exciting, right? It's connecting with the heart of God to bring hope to, to families. Um, so let's, let's be a part of that. And that sale is going to be May 9th through 11th. Uh, two other things. One, we have a very generous community. If you've been a part of this church for a while or if this is your first Sunday, you're going to find that we believe in radical generosity. We don't pass a, a plate here in, in our church Uh, but we do believe in giving. So if you like to give the old-fashioned way, maybe you have cash or you have checks, you can drop it off in the giving box in the back. But if you're like most of us, you can give online also at edgeaurora.com. And finally, um, we believe in prayer. And there's no better time to pray than when the church is gathered uh, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. So if you have some things in your life that you need the resurrection of Jesus, his power to to infiltrate your life, infiltrate your heart. There's nothing that's too big and there's nothing that's too small because the Lord loves you and he cares for you. So in just a moment, our prayer ministers are gonna uh, be available to you to to pray. So do not hesitate, join us. um, And we just thank you for being here today. And we just pray that the rest of this Resurrection Sunday, the rest of this Easter is just a joy to you. May you experience the Lord's joy in all you do today. God bless you. You are loved.